0: If you're one of the hundreds of people who've subscribed to the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, then you're familiar with the wealth of real estate information this podcast provides to anyone who sets down roots in our lovely slice of paradise. If you're new to the podcast and came here from watching the market report on YouTube, the podcast acts as a round table that provides an in-depth explanation as to why the market is cooling and what it means for the future. The July 2022 market report and analysis. Here's Team Swayze team member,
1: James Bueno. Okay, welcome to another episode of Slow County Real Estate Podcast with uh, Hal Swayze. Gentlemen, you're here, JP, JT, and Hal. How's it going?
0: Great, James. Good to be back. Good to be here. Happy to be on board.
1: All right, let's jump right into it. July market update. Hal, there's been some changes. Let's talk about it.
2: We're seeing a little bit of a trend, and what we notice is like the number of listings on the market's gone up 22% for the same time last year. This is reporting June of this year, 2022, versus June of 2021. More properties for sale. Now, last year was an all-time record low, so this was to be expected. What's interesting also this year is our new pendings that occurred in the month of June, and their closings were down about 32% from a year ago. That's probably what people are going well, the market seems to be slowing down. So the volume of activity is definitely down. Now last year again, and Jay can attest to this, was a record year for sales here in this county and nationwide. Um, The one thing that we kind of look at too is the new listings coming on the market, it was about 4.5% more than last year. So a little bump up in in new listings, so that's a good news for stabilizing the market. And, And then the last thing we look at, and this is pending sales. So we had 163 new listings, 163 listings came on the market, but we had 187 going in escrow. So what that means is we still have more buyers than we have houses coming on the market. And as long as that exists, it's going to keep the market somewhat stable, especially in terms of price. John, you look at these all the time and what they mean, and Jay, you see
3: this a lot. So as as you see it with your boots on the ground, what does this mean for you? There are two markets. One is the number of transactions that are taking place. Yep. And the second is pricing. On the pricing side, what are we seeing? I would say because we have fewer offers per listing, more of a normal market
2: that we're not getting the big bump up and the big overbids. Jay, I imagine uh, we're seeing, you're speaking brokerage wide in this county have a lot of agents. Absolutely
0: seeing yeah. that. You know, we're, you know the, well, it's funny to hear the, the sellers, oh gosh, I only got one full price offer because <laughs> we're used to seeing multiple Garn. offers. Yeah, right. Multiple offers, over asking price. We are seeing a more, uh, I would definitely call it a, a stabilization. Real estate's cyclical. It's going to go up, it's going to go down over the last 30 years or 100 years. It's always gone in one direction and that's up with the bumps along the way. But during this at this cycle, we we've hit that that apex where we're kind of
3: bobbling around on the, the top of this cycle. On the pricing side, I heard the other day these these three terms and we're we're all gonna have heard them before appreciation, depreciation, and then there's this term that I hadn't applied to real estate before and it's deceleration. So we all know what appreciation is and that's when prices of real estate go up. And to Jay's point, that happens most of the time in history. We have had very brief periods, uh, and, and we experienced one just in the last 14 years, where we had some depreciation, the value of properties going down. Doesn't happen very often, and it doesn't last very long. But now we have this term that I hadn't applied to real estate before, deceleration. Prices are still going up, yeah. just not as fast. Right. So last year we were experiencing 20% or above in some parts of our county. And today I would bet that we're still somewhere at 1% a month or more. So if we're at 12 to 15%, that's that 's nice, appreciation for homeowners it's
0: acceleration at a, a, a like lightning speed I mean it really is still high, but it 's not sensational like the mainstream media wants they want they need to sell sensationalism. the prices are coming down, you know the market's cooling off is the bubble about to burst, and all that stuff is i mean geez we 're still seeing fifteen percent appreciation
2: year over year right yeah. as opposed to twenty five percent appreciation it 's a phenomenal market. I think it was both 2018 and 2019 where we saw a really strong market in the first three to four months of the year, and in the second half of the year, we couldn't use the same sales or comps because I think one of those years, there was a pretty healthy rate bump, mm-hmm. right? And we saw price drops at the end of that year. Now, over the course of the year, the prices were higher. But again, it moves that rapidly, right? So now when I look at these things, so with the drawdown, the lower pendings and a few more homes for sale, we don't have, you know, 20 buyers for every home and where we are average days on the market was about a week, you know, for those that were selling now it might be three weeks, which is, is still fast, but people start to get nervous because they're used to, Hey, it was a week and what, you know, where are all my offers? Because that just gets ingrained in people's minds. So now it's not even close to a normal market in terms of it's still slanted towards sellers. Because three weeks is a short time to sell a house. Absolutely. It's really short. I think the national statistics
0: are that it's it's a seller's market until inventory is on the market for six months
3: or more. We're 20 days or less. Yeah. Right?
0: Exactly. It's crazy. And, and yeah. we're
3: panicked because it was seven a couple months ago. <laughs> right. And
0: that's the average. Right. That's the average. So yeah. a house is on the market for a month. There's a house down the street that sold in a day.
2: So a lot of my conversations with my sellers is hey, hang on. It might take a few weekends. You have to, you know, let us show the house for a while so it's more normal. And, and honestly, what, 90 days is not even a balanced market. It's not 100. I mean, I, who knows what these descriptions are that people yeah. come up with? But, you know, 90 days is not uncommon. Right? If, if I told somebody today they're just going to take 90 days to sell their house, I'd probably would get shot or kicked out.
3: You, know? <laughs> you wouldn't get the listing. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, yeah, I definitely wouldn't do that. Right? So, yeah. so
1: how uh, JT's talking about deceleration, You know, your listings specifically, um, are we decelerating on, on pricing? So are you getting listing price offers or less or more? What's going on with that? You,
2: you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think um, – Well, let's go from March back to the beginning of last year, which was this is 2022, 2021, right? The years are rolling together. So if we go back in time, it wouldn't be uncommon where I would see a house and all the comps seem to be 950, and then you get multiple offers. And I had one; we sold it for a million three ten, I think. So think about that: 950 to a million three ten. That's huge. That you know demand, you know, and people were just diving over houses. We're not seeing those same price jumps. So where Earlier you might be, hey you could price a property worth a million dollars at 500 and it might go for a million five. That's an extreme example. Now it's more like let's find that range and most of the buyers are still paying close to the asking price. Now you might get just one offer or you might get two. So as a seller, you can't be cavalier and just say, well, you know, forget about those guys. You have to treat buyers with respect. And we are certainly treating all offers with a high degree of respect. And we have to double down on our efforts of communication in terms of making sure we talk to all the parties and see what the hot points are, because we don't want to lose the one fish where we used to have 20 with the same net. Now we might get one or two, and they might get it on the first swoop. We keep dipping the net in for a buyer, and finally we get one. Like a normal fisherman, so it has definitely changed the strategies for our homeowners when they put their homes on the market.
3: You know when I joined your team, Hal, I was coming out of a career where for nearly forty years, I represented the number one insurance company in the world. It was great being number one, and I come now to join a team that 's the number one real estate team in the in the county, and i 'm very proud to be with such a high functioning team and I think Hal is such a dynamic leader. He's also one of the most humble, successful people I've ever, ever met. And so he's not going to tell you how he goes about helping people get a little higher price for their house when they're selling because he's not going to tell you that. I will. I'll, I'll tell you that, that that our experience with our team is is that we're, we're getting anywhere from 103 to 106% of the list price, where the balance of the industry is not getting nearly that kind of price. So how do you go about your negotiation process?
2: Um, we talk about this as a team in our meetings regularly, but a lot of it is communication. And there's a lot of negotiations before anything gets written down. So when I get an offer on a property, I just have a lot of questions I ask about the buyer, who they are, have they made offers on other properties? Okay, if they did, what happened? Did they make an offer and they got a counteroffer and they, they said, okay, we're done? Or did they just lose out on a couple of places where, okay, that's a better sign for a seller. Like, okay, they, they've realized they're gonna have to up their game. And then usually I'll talk to the sellers and go, okay, we're listed at X price. If, if we got that price, would you be happy? Yeah. Um, this offers a little bit less. At what price do you think you'd be happy? Well, maybe, you know, a couple thousand less, for example. And I would just go back to the other agent and I go, listen, mm, you know, we're pretty new on the marketplace. We've got a lot of showings. You guys offered $40,000 less. I mean, if we counted at our full price, what do you think your buyer would do? Okay. And, and sometimes we go, I don't know. Uh, Other times you go, they're really interested, give it to me, or or, or they'd run away. And I let the sellers know that. Because most sellers, especially if you're starting to have normal market times, three weeks, six weeks, three months, I go to them, you know what, most of my clients, it's like fishing, you know. uh, We've got a fish, it's on the line, we can either just reel it in the way it is, or we can see if we can do a little bit better, but most people don't want to lose the fish. The strategy is just finding out what the buyer is, and what their tolerance is, and very gently seeing if we can't move them up. And that happens when we're negotiating original price. And then sometimes if there's inspections done, we're renegotiating again. So it's really just having conversations, trying to find that medium ground where we can all come together and making sure that everybody feels happy about it at the, at the beginning and the end.
3: So uh, it's just, I mean, it's hard to explain, but I just do it all the time. So I told you he was humble. He he never said, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I'm really good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Or that. Whatever. Is it a buyer's or seller's market? You you know, I'm told by my friend to my left here that he doesn't like the term seller's or buyer's market. But if you look at the definition, you would say, to to Jay's point, a, a seller's market is determined by the length of time. Properties stay on the market. Ninety to one hundred and eighty days is a balanced market uh for days on the market and we're at twenty or less. Yeah. So and and prices going up. So those three criteria would lead one to say that it's a seller's market. But in the last few weeks, Hal, haven't you noticed that inside our sellers market it kind of feels a little bit more normal?
2: Yeah, it's definitely trending towards a benefit for the buyer. Now, the reason I don't say it's a seller's market because buyers don't want to buy when it's a seller's market, right? Mm. But last year was a seller's market. and People were clamoring. They were just trying to get a home. Right, and and those buyers were buying in a seller's market.
3: Sure. Do you think any of them are unhappy today? No.
2: No. Two years ago, seller's market, starting about May or June, it became a seller's market in 2020 after COVID settled a little bit. Real estate took off like crazy. The other thing we've noticed is we're in inflationary times, I was curious because it feels like we're getting more cash offers. And I just had that sense and I couldn't back it up. So I went to the title company and they ran some reports and it's, it appears from what they tell me, we have 50% more cash offers right now, beginning of July than we had in January. 50% more cash. During inflation, smart money loves to be in real estate. So are you saying just investors from out of town? Well, no, these are home buyers, retirees, maybe. I mean, I'm selling a house downtown, it's a cash offer, and they're selling their home in the Bay Area. The other thing that's normal about this market is the buyers usually come from, hey, we just sold our house, now we need to find a house. And they come to San Luis Obispo County, and they want a single-level 2,000-square-foot house, and they go from Paso to Aurora Grande, there's four to look at. So guess what? They're going to not lose that house. Right. So as long as we have this limited supply, which, you know, San Luis is a small community, this county is, the smart money is in real estate
0: and
3: there's
2: a lot of cash.
0: I think it's important not to discredit too Prop 19, which allows if you're over 55 to transfer your your tax basis. So we had a lot of people that, you know, San Francisco is not the city it used to be. Los Angeles, you know, Beverly Hills, not the areas they used to be. You can sell your house. You own for thirty years and bring your tax basis to San Luis County. I, we saw, I've seen quite a bit of that. You know, yeah. that's what we last year in particular. Yeah. House is on the market for a million three. They make a, a all cash offer a million five because they just sold a property for um, up three million that they paid three hundred thousand dollars for thirty years ago, and they got cash. And that mm-hmm. so that that happ- that was happening January because that that just went into effect. Yeah. Yep. That tax base is transferred. I'm no tax specialist, so not tax, I don't give tax and/or legal advice. But um, I think that's been, that was a big driver that we saw in a lot of the transactions the first half
2: of the year. I can't tell you how many people I knew waited till they were fifty five to sell their house. Wow! When the old rule was that way. Yeah, I'm going to wait till I'm fifty five so I can move this low tax base. Yeah. Right.
3: So our our cash buyers are up, but overall, based on the numbers you were talking about, Hal, the number of Transactions that have closed or and that are pending are down. Right, and so you know, I wrote down on my scratch pad here the word fear. Are are there people that are possible potential wannabe buyers that are kind of fearful of this market? I hear that a lot. I'm going to wait till this thing crashes. The people that have the
2: cash have been diligent. They've, they've been prudent. Usually, right? I mean, they they probably have some knowledge about money and they have lots of options. And so, you know, I don't know, you put it in Bitcoin, do you bury it in the backyard, do you buy real estate? I don't know, but it's surely showing up. So the percentage, to your point, John, if we have fewer sales, but 54% more cash uh,
3: purchases, that means our, the people with the money are looking at real estate. Well, there are two prices you have to consider when you're buying real estate, and if you're going to get a loan. And the first is the price of the property, and the second is the price of the money, yeah, and, and the and the price of both have gone up, which would probably instill a little bit of sure. fear in somebody who doesn't study it like you do every day, right? Yeah. But, but I, I always, when I'm with somebody and they pose that, to me, I always ask them, so if you bought a house for $800,000 today and you woke up a year from now and, and you were right, there, there was a little bit of a bubble. I don't think it's going to happen personally, but let's say they're right. There's a little bit of a bubble and your house is now worth 700000 What would you do? The answer Nothing. is you'd get up and go to work today. You'd get back the kids' lunch and send them to school because you got the house you wanted. You've got a fixed payment. You got the kids in the school district you wanted. And oh, by the way, if it went from eight hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand, what would you do? And the answer is exactly the same. Stay in that. So, yeah. so we get this in our heads, and it's a game we play inside between our ears. The house we buy to live in has to be a great investment. Why? doesn't it have to be just a great place to live and raise our kids
0: great point point. and yeah. that you know when the people people that start talking about well i'm gonna wait till the bubble bursts. those are speculators if you're a if you're a real estate speculator you bet that's important to you if you're buying a home to raise your family and if you're buying a home to invest dollars and cents that are going to hedge inflation and give you an opportunity to not worry about your rent increasing because landlords are going to do that it is an absolute a win, and you know when people talk about you're talking about fear in particular, right people that were looking at the market perhaps uh, in two thousand and eight nine ten when the market was it was a buyer 's market banks owned real estate because of lending practices which have changed forever and we're never going back to that. I mean, I should say never, I can't, the administration might re- remove all requirements for someone to qualify for a loan again, but I don't see that happening because there were so many negative things that happened. I don't think that will ever happen again. Lending practices today are so solid that we're not gonna see the lending industry create the issue that we saw in 2008. And here's the thing, if you bought a house in 2006, you're talking to a guy who did. I grossly overpaid for the house in my opinion, grossly, but I, needed a, I wanted to buy a house where my kids could go to the school that I wanted them to go to. It was the only one for sale. So I overpaid for the house. That house is now worth $300,000 more than it was. I, did I lose $200,000 in two years? I did. But did I? Because I didn't move. I kept the house. And so um, those that are looking to buy a house to, to live in, you know, you can ride out any market because real estate, again, over the last hundred years goes in one direction. With the bumps and hiccups and falls, that we'll, the valleys that we'll see, you're always going to do well. Time over task.
2: Our market, you know, is definitely um, turning to more what I would call traditional a little bit. Again, where, you know, we as agents have to talk to each other. We can't just text uh, when we get offers and we have to respect them. Okay, um, we're gonna have to work harder. It's fine, you know. T- t- properties will take a little bit longer. People are gonna have to pay a little bit more attention. It's still so much better than almost any other real estate market ever, right? Getting getting back to normal, the word we use every once in a while? Whatever that means, yeah. Whatever it's not in that my, means. I don't yeah.
3: know what normal means. You see me. A, a friend of yours did a video a few months ago that that we watched um guy down in Santa Clarita I think yeah neil yeah. and uh and he talked about buying real estate and he goes you know if you buy real estate in in areas that are attractive to people you're probably never going to go wrong and i would have to say that of all the attractive real estate geographies in the United States of America I would put San Luis County, San Luis Obispo County, as the top one. That's just an opinion. Yeah. It's a strong opinion, though.
2: Yeah. Well, we don't want to say investment, but if you are like buying companies and stocks, and you have, you know, you put your savings into that, you probably want certain companies with certain aspects and real estate's similar, and that that's a location issue. It's a community issue, it's a weather issue, Great it's point. an amenity issue. This, if, if, you're, if you're picking places to live as one of the best stocks to invest in, you know, well, we've already got those kind of ratings. So yeah, it reflects in the real estate and, and the solidity of the investment. So I, I, that's, I, I don't know what else to add for July, but um, yeah, it's normalizing, be patient you know, and be glad you get a chance to either buy or sell in this market. It's a great place to do it.
0: Mr. Pete, Go final right. thoughts. Last, this is Moody and Poor's AAA rated stock in <laughs> San Luis <laughs> County, I yeah. love that. I yeah, was, yeah. That's, that's, that's my, my favorite quote of the day. Okay, good.
1: Al, talk about um, our visitors we got coming for our next podcast.
2: Yeah, I mean with so much change coming from the mortgage market, we've got two um, great lenders who are uh, willing to join us on our next podcast. Chad Van Til from Pacific Trust Mortgage and then ermina kareem from guaranteed rate so two great resources can talk about the dynamics of the lending industry and we work very closely but once you talk to an expert there's a lot to learn so we're excited to have them on the on the show next time okay
1: gentlemen thank you as always i appreciate you being here and uh, we will see you next week thank you,
2: thank you. Thank you james thank you james, <laughs> james yeah, quick job.
1: thank you for listening to the house way podcast Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on housewazy.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. Housewazy.com that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the Hal Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805 781 3750
0: Hal Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker, DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.